Welcome back to another Head of the Pack. Bill, I'm surprised both of us are going to be able to talk right now, given all of the words we have to eat that we've spoken on this podcast over the past couple of weeks. Um, the Packers just beat the Vikings 41-17, absolutely dog-walked them, played well in all three phases, got off to a little slow start on offense, but um, listen, they got all the help they needed. They've won four in a row. All comes down to next weekend. If the Packers beat the Lions here at Lambeau Field, they go from four and eight to making the playoffs. It's insane. It's crazy. If you had told me when I was leaving Philadelphia, what was it now? Five weeks ago? Yep. That the Packers would control their own destiny to make the playoffs entering week 18. I would have called you an absolute lunatic. But here we are. It was 2% playoff chances at ESPN. Would you say it was 3% at 538? Yeah. After losing to Philly. So, you know, Rodgers said that night, among other things, Rodgers says, we have a five-game stretch. We've got to win all five and probably need a little bit of help. It was all absurd, right? I mean, they're not going to win five in a row. I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't win two in a row. How, how, how the hell are they going to win five in a row? And the amount of help they needed was preposterous. They were, I think they fell as far as 12th in the NFC. Here we are. Um, we'll, we'll do fan questions later, but um, Katie Sunderman says, does Bill believe in this team yet? Katie, yeah, right? I mean, how do you not? They scored 41 points. Look, I realize the Vikings are a flawed team, but they're still, it's still 12 and three. They scored 41 on them. They scored touchdowns in every phase. And a team that used to have to live and die by Aaron Rodgers just crushed the NFC North champions with Aaron Rodgers throwing for, what, 150 yards? 159 yards. It's kind of a complete team. Look, they have flaws, Matt, I get it, but do you believe? Yeah. I mean, I think this team can win a playoff game too. Why not? I mean, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts are the only team that should scare the Packers. Mm-hmm. Cowboys shouldn't scare them. The Niners' defense is scary, and so is Christian McCaffrey and some of the weapons they have, but it's still Brock Purdy. The Vikings shouldn't scare the Packers. Cowboys shouldn't. Niners maybe more so. But other than that, this Packers' defense is rounding into form. I mean, we'll get into the Jair and Justin Jefferson matchup in a little bit, but you know, the front's playing well. The secondary's playing well. Finally, this is what this secondary should have looked like all along. The offense is playing well at times. And I mean, yeah, they got a punt blocked again, which isn't great. But Mason Crosby hit a 56-yard field goal tonight. And Keyshawn Nixon returned to kick off 105 yards for a touchdown. This is complimentary football that can win you playoff games. I would, I would have said that the Mason Crosby field goal was more remote than winning five in a row and getting in the playoffs. And that was like the most far-fetched thing ever. But um, it's unbelievable. I, I, I am, I'm at a loss for words. The offense still isn't very good, right? Doesn't seem like it. But 
I guess that's the good thing is they're able to win games um, with something else other than Rodgers throwing for trying to throw for 300 yards to Devontae Adams. They they make it work. They made they made it work. You know, I thought they ran the ball well. Um, <clears throat> some big third downs to Lazard to Cobb, all reliables. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs didn't really do much. You know, the deep ball to Watson wasn't there tonight. But and, and the game wasn't even as as close as the final score indicated. Minnesota's two late touchdowns came when the Packers had backups in. Just keep the starters in, and the final score is 41 to 3 against a team that came in here 12 and 3. I understand the point differential and all that, but there is something to be said for knowing how to win close games, and that's what the Vikings have done all season. Um, what the Packers did today was nothing short of extremely impressive. And now they have to listen for all the good vibes going around this team. They're not in the playoffs yet. <laughs> they have to beat the Detroit Lions, and that's a dangerous team. You know, the Lions were what? One in six when they beat the Packers yep. back in week nine, 15 to nine. Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions that game. Um, the defense played well. This Lions team can do some damage. I Do I think the Packers are going to lose to the Lions next week? No. Not only because I think they're a better team than the Lions, but because I think there's the intangible aspect of what the Packers have done. It just seems written in the stars. It just seems there's there's something in the air, as cliche as that sounds. just seems there's something intangible that that is going to help the Packers get into the playoffs. So I think they win next week. They're going to need – it's not going to be a pushover, though. So uh, we'll see if that game gets moved to Sunday night football. That will come out tomorrow, today, I guess today, since you, you uh, all are probably listening to this on Monday. So maybe by the time you listen to this, you'll know if the Packers are playing Sunday night or Monday night, or, or I mean Saturday night or Sunday night or none of the above. But uh, they're alive. They have a chance. They're 8-8 eight and eight after being 4-8, and eight, and 9-8 and eight gets them in the dance. There's a line from Rodgers here, kind of getting into what you just mentioned. It just kind of feels right. There's some destiny involved with this, and it's on us to go out and fulfill it. I don't believe in destiny, right? And I just believe that momentum is as far as to how you show up the next game. But I will say that there's something about having a veteran team. For all the talk about this being a young team, it's a veteran team, right? I mean, you get a veteran quarterback, a bunch of linemen. The defense is pretty, pretty salty. It's a veteran team going up against a team that's trying to find its way under a young head coach. I think that does matter. Also, in 2010, the Packers were kind of sputtering along in the second to last game of the season. They killed the Giants 45 to 17. This year's team kind of sputtering along and they killed the Vikings. So as far-fetched as a legitimate Super Bowl run here seems, and it still does seem far-fetched to me. Boy, tonight's game was a real eye-opener when you just whack a really good team. Raises some eyebrows. I don't know that I don't know that any team would want to play these guys home or away next week, two weeks from now, four weeks from now. Yeah, so I think the most important matchup tonight and one uh, the one I wrote my story about was the Jefferson Alexander matchup. In week one, Jefferson had nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns, six, one fifty-eight, and both scores came in the first half. Um after the game, Alexander said that he had asked the coaches all week preceding that game 
to shadow Justin Jefferson. Um, according to Next Gen Stats, Alexander was against Jefferson on 12 of his 33 routes that game. That's 36%. And uh, according to Pro Football Focus's estimation, none of Jefferson's nine catches or 10 targets that day came against Alexander. Today, Alexander matched up against Jefferson on 20 of his 31 routes. That's 65%. That's 29% increase. Jefferson had one catch for 15 yards. Had the uh, Alexander had the PBU on him in the first quarter, did the gritty. How that did not come back to bite him, I do not know. Um, but he and the Packers, it wasn't just Jair, rendered Jefferson very ineffective, season low in catches and receiving yards. No catches on four targets in the first half. His first catchless first half since week one of the 2020 season against the Packers. Just an incredible job by Jair and uh, and the Packers secondary, which, like I said, this is what we've expected them to be all along. Jair has said, uh, I'm the best. We are the best. He sounds crazy most of the time. He can get away with saying that after tonight, at least for one week. It's a, I was um... – and you look at what Jefferson's done in his career, it's preposterous. Where entering this season, there are two players in NFL history with 4,000 yards in his first three seasons, and Randy Moss was number one with like 41 and change. Heading into this game, Alexander, or Jefferson had a chance to get to 5,000 yards in three seasons. I mean, he's like the most productive receiver in NFL history by a mile. One catch is unbelievable. You know, I will say, we're up in the press box, and there were times that Jefferson was open. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be looking at this game kind of kicking themselves that he didn't throw it to him. And the game plan was kind of confounding, too, where, remember, the first play of the game, Jefferson motioned across the line. Alexander didn't follow him. They didn't really do much of that. Like, mm -hmm. the Vikings broke the huddle. If Jefferson lined up left, Alexander went over there and followed him over there. But they didn't motion him out of there. It's a strange game plan. But it was almost as if the Vikings were maybe trying to save something for round three. I don't know. Um, but that seems preposterous, too, because you're kind of forfeiting a game. So that doesn't make any sense either. So it's very strange. Kind of as strange, I thought, as Joe Barry um, being defenseless in week one against him. To what happened tonight the other way around. But um, that and TJ Hawkinson, while the, he ended up with some numbers. Um, the Packers shut him down pretty well, too. The pick six to Douglas, or the pick six to Savage, was to Hawkinson and broken up by Douglas. So they took away their two guys. They stopped Delvin Cook running the ball. I kind of came with this game, Matt, looking. You've got Delvin Cook, <clears throat> Jefferson, Osborne, Thielen, Hawkinson against Green Bay skill guys, and you're thinking, how in the hell are the Packers going to win this game? Now shows what I know. Pessimist, Billy Pessimist <laughs> is running out of options here. <laughs> He's running out of options. Let's get to some questions. We got a bunch. So we'll take up the, the last two-thirds of this podcast answering questions. Well, the first question, which was a bigger statement, 45-17 over the Giants or 43-41-17 over the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, that, again, that Giants game, that Packers defense is, like, really good. That They end up leading the league in points allowed, and obviously this defense hasn't played to that standard. But that was Rodgers coming off the concussion and missing the New England game. 
and they just beat the crap out of the Giants. I would say that was probably more of a solidifier. That was a Super Bowl kind of team. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, I wouldn't put anything past these guns, these guys right now, though. They are. They're really good. And maybe, maybe they're better off not being the one seed or the two seed and kind of just playing as underdogs. Maybe, maybe that's going to suit them better. Here's this from uh, average receiver separation from next gen stats. Justin Jefferson had an average separation of 2.19 yards today. The league average is 2.93 yards. It's pretty impressive. But we expected all along. I mean, mean, again, you look at that secondary. I mean, why they hadn't played to this level or even close to it for a lot of the years is just confounding. But Jair talked to talk and he walked, talked to talk, yeah, talked to talk and he walked the walk today. He wore a very fancy hat too. Check out Matt's Twitter. You can see some the big hat. Alexander's gigantic hat. It almost looks like it's fake. It's like it's almost photoshopped on him. It's quite amazing. Here's one from Clay4112. Any idea what the deal is with Z being Zadarius Smith? I get the juice of playing against your former team, but he didn't get the captain badge last year and had to run off with no handshakes today. Seems like a fascinating story there. Yeah, I mean, he had the uh, little trade at the coin toss when he took a step back and didn't shake hands with Adrian Amos or Dallin Levitt. Well, I believe it was C.J. Ham, Dalvin Cook, and Shannon Sullivan, another former Packer, who went out for the coin toss for the Vikings, shook hands, and Adrian Amos went to Zadarius Smith to shake his hand. Zadarius did not do it. Adrian Amos laughed it off after the game, said that's his guy. He knew he was going to do that, felt the organization has wronged him. Um, listen, Zadarius Smith is not without blame in this situation. Is he, he's playing the victim, and that's fine. Uh, it's a it's a great heel turn by him. He's had a hell of a season for the Vikings. I believe he's a Pro Bowl starter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was non-existent today. And then, listen, he doesn't have to stand and shake hands. He, he ran off the field, first one into the tunnel. He clearly feels a certain type of way about the Packers organization, and he was not afraid to let that be known today. I love it. <laughs> it's a good heel move. It's interesting. It is. Um Man, things go south in a hurry, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to the 2019 NFC Championship game where he decided at some point that he was no longer going to play run defense. Um, some guys are front runners, Matt. We kind of nailed that one a few years ago with him. Mm-hmm. Total front runner. And it, he, he'd have shaken everybody's hands if he'd gotten three sacks on Rodgers today, right? But <laughs> he thought he was going to be badass at the start of the game. He got nothing accomplished today. What, what, what was his stat line today? Uh, um, uh, it's like uh, Mr. Was it Blutowski didn't have from, one. right? Um, was it Mr. Blutowski from Animal House with the great point of 0.00? Nothing here. You go from Matthew, which is MAT Matt Crew 82. Got a whole bunch of these ones. I'll use this as the question Has the defense played well enough these past few weeks to save Joe Barry's job? 100%. He's not going anywhere. Unless they get run out of the playoffs, but no, you're right. I mean, seriously, how do you? Well, I guess I can understand. Yeah, how do you fire a guy whose defense is not just playing so well, but have regrouped to such an extent? Yeah, seemingly, I mean, seemingly he's found the answers. 
And what's telling is, or I should say what's impressive is uh, we said, you know, it's one thing to do it against the Bears and the Rams. Well, let's see you do it against the Dolphins and the Vikings and those offenses. Well, guess what? He has, at least in the second half against the Dolphins and the full game against the Vikings. It's really impressive. Really impressive. Um, granted, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you should put Jair Alexander on Justin Jefferson more. So I'm not giving Joe Barry all the credit for that, but um, he's done what he's needed to do. And, and for as much as we've trashed on him, and I think understandably so this season, he deserves credit for this last month. Absolutely. I asked LaFleur if putting Alexander on Jefferson was a no-brainer, and LaFleur just kind of laughed. I would say so, yes, was LaFleur's partial response to that. So, yeah, it was a no-brainer, but look, how many times have we heard people ragging on LaFleur or this coach or that coach for not adjusting, right? They yep. adjusted. And they put and one of the things that LaFleur mentioned afterward was a lot of the quick jams by Alexander Penn, it seemed to kind of throw Jefferson off his game and that he hadn't seen a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. So that that was a, a, a pretty interesting line and, and a good a good coaching point there. Um, so uh, I uh, caught Jair on his way out of the locker room, and I don't think this was off the record or some sacred information. So I'll share it on here. I didn't include it in my story, but. I called Jair on his way out of the locker room on Friday. And I said, I, I joked to them, oh, you're going viral after his comment about the fluke. Um, or, or, or his comment basically saying the Packers defensive performance against Justin Jefferson in week one was a fluke. Not that Jefferson himself is a fluke. I know Vikings fan loves lo- Vikings fans like to take it that way. So I said to Jair, I was like, Oh, you're, you're going viral. He goes for what? Oh, the fluke thing. I was like, yeah. And I eventually said, you know, Vikings fans are really not happy with you. He said, I love it. Then he said, just wait until they see me put my hands on them. Mm. And he did just that. There was one play I saw where he really gave him a two handed push. And as good as Jefferson is, he's been the best receiver in the league this year. That, that might get to you. That might startle you a little bit, which was what Matt LaFleur said. And more than anything, it just sets the tone, the gritty, the constant trash talking, which Jefferson said doesn't affect him. So whatever on that. But on Adrian Amos's interception return, completely unnecessarily, but just to send a message, Jair blocks Justin Jefferson, shoves him in the back twice, once during the return, once after it. When Justin Jefferson tackles Rudy Ford onto the Packers sideline on Ford's interception return, Jair, the whole team surrounds him and Jair is right in his face. It's about setting the tone. And yes, there are some players who are not like that. That's how Jair plays. He embraces it. And it worked today. Sometimes it doesn't work. It worked today. Yeah, he's so much more physical than people think he is. Um, I want to get to this one from Matt Reimer. Matt, just because we talked about in the office beforehand. Um, what are the scenarios on who the Packers would play if they got in? And I'm, I'm asking that because of, you know, the 49ers and some of the other stuff. So you want to you go through that? Yeah, there's a lot. They could play the Cowboys, Eagles, I believe Vikings or 49ers. Um, there's still a lot to be sorted out. There's a lot of scenarios. I've been just honed in on uh, what the Packers need to do, really. But – the Eagles have the one right now. They're 13 and three. Niners are 12 and four. Vikings are 12 and four. Um, 
Cowboys are also 12 and four. If the Cowboys win next week and the Eagles lose, then the Cowboys uh, get the two seed, I believe. Eagles get the five. Uh, if the 49ers win and the Cowboys win and both teams finish 13 and four, um, I saw somewhere, I believe Kevin Clark said the 49ers are the one, Cowboys are the two. And then the Packers would go to Dallas. I guess there's still a, you put me on the spot here. I haven't gone through the scenarios exactly. Well, I, I, guess I, I wanted to, just, I guess I was just thinking they can, they can, they can play. And it's not going to, it's not so cut a dread as Green Bay San Fran. I guess I should have. No, not at all. I, there's a, multiple teams they could play. Let's do this. Let's rank the opponents. Let's say let's say San Fran, Minnesota, Dallas. I would say the Packers want to see Minnesota most, then Dallas, then San Francisco. If the Packers, yeah, win. yeah. In fact, Matt Pickett actually has asked that very question. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would. I would. Shoot, I, would I guess I'd prefer to play Dallas. I don't know why. Um, other than other than Prescott seems like a turnover machine presently. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind taking my chances with, with him. I don't. And after you just wipe the behind out of the, out of the Vikings, you, you got to figure they're going to come up with the adjustments. So they got to come up with the proper adjustments to get Alexander away from Jair. So I think I would prefer to play Dallas. Because you mean, I, wouldn't, I don't, I don't, sure. you mean, you said Alexander away from Jair. Oh, yeah, that's the same guy. Uh, yes, Jefferson away from Alexander. So I, I would. I would want to play Dallas because I don't trust Dak Prescott in a big moment. But San Fran for sure is the team I least want to play just because mm-hmm. of that defense. It's impressive. Everything's impressive about this Packers team right now. Uh, well, not everything, but most impressive, Kelvin Farrell. Did I just see what I think I seen? A kickoff return? <laughs> yeah. We've been thinking that it's coming. The blocking on that play was tremendous. Or maybe the Vikings just had horrible lane integrity. But Keyshawn Nixon, I wasn't in his press conference. He didn't practice all week. Tell us about kind of what he said and uh, how he went through the week and what he was kind of feeling when he woke up this morning. Yeah, so I asked him if he expected to play and you know how it is, Matt. Every player always expects to play, right? Mm-hmm. Not Keyshawn Nixon. Um, he did not expect to play. Um, he says, actually, on Friday, he wrote us off. I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking he says he, as in Rich Passage, if I don't know for sure. Actually, on Friday, he wrote us off like, if you can't run by Friday, probably won't happen. And I texted the coaches this morning like, I feel like a Ferrari. He's like, huh? I said, I feel like a Ferrari. Came here and just ran around. I'm like, I'm ready to go, so I'm playing. So <laughs> did, Yeah, go ahead. I, apparently, he did nothing. As in between, I asked him what he did to get ready. On Friday and Saturday, he did nothing. He laid around. He laid around and did nothing. He woke up this morning feeling really good and goes to the pregame workout that you watched from up above. And <laughs> five minutes in the game, he's running 105 yards for a touchdown. Legendary. Seriously, it's a legend. The guy is a legend. Um, Abix is great. 
but being for as awful as the Packers special teams have been for so long, he is a legend. He really is. Absolutely incredible what he's done. And on that return, you saw too, Patrick Taylor had the last block, and Donald Levitt kind of runs backward through the hole for some reason, looking for someone. There's nobody there from the block. So Nixon <laughs> stiff arms the kicker to the turf, and off he goes. 105 yards, um, the third longest in franchise history, the first touchdown since Randall Cobb, his 108-yarder in his NFL debut in 2011. The guy has five returns of 50 yards this year, five. Nobody else has more than two. It's absurd. That's incredible. And to think he didn't return a kick or returned one kick in the first seven games of the season. I think he returned six of, with Versace in, with the, in Vegas for three years. Guy's a first-team All-Pro now. He probably should be. I mean, he's averaging 30 yards to return. That's insane. And and he had a little fun saying, I'm going to mispronounce this name, the Vikings kick returner. Yeah. That's why I told Basaccia on Friday, on Friday I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to say his name. Yeah. Um, Kenny's his first name. Huh? Kenny's his first name. So let's go, go with the first name. I believe it's Wang Wu. All right. Um, if I got that right, I deserve a raise. But, you know, Keyshawn Nixon said he heard the talk about this guy's supposedly the best kick returner in the league. He had some fun with that because obviously Keyshawn Nixon has made a case to be the, a, a very convincing case uh, for why he should be the best returner in the league. Kene Wangu. Okay, so I was a little off. My bad. I don't cover the Vikings. All I know is he ran a 4-3-2-40 and he had three touchdowns in his first two years. The guy can go. That's how it is. All right, next question. Let's do a couple more. You you showed us the replay on this one in the press box, man. Why wasn't Justin Jefferson ejected for hitting a ref with his helmet? That's it from Ryan like, It seemed like he pulled back. It seemed like he didn't realize the ref was there. He That was on Amos's interception when Jair was kind of blocking him in the back and Jefferson rips off his helmet in the heat of the moment. And he doesn't – he's not looking to hit the ref. So I don't think he should be fined for that. Agreed. Um, I, should, I'm, I asked these out of order. Robert Dalton, what do you think is a reasonable contract for Keyshawn Nixon this offseason? Can't let him leave, but the way he's playing, it could be expensive. Robert, I have no idea what it would be, but has anybody made more money this year than Keyshawn Nixon? You can't let him go. You have to resign him. Somehow, I mean, they've got their own cap problems. you got to figure out a way to, you know, turn some – roster bonuses and the signing bonuses and find a way to, to sign him ASAP because mm-hmm. I mean, we saw when he went out against Miami last week, Romeo Dobbs goes back there and goes nowhere. Yep. Electric. His mom was not at the game today, which was unfortunate. Um, she is, uh, as you guys probably know by now, she's uh, battling breast cancer Um she made it for the Rams game a couple night a couple weeks ago. Was not here tonight. I texted with her briefly during the game, but uh, I had said to her on the phone when I interviewed her a couple weeks ago, "Feels like he's going to break one soon," and tonight he did. Uh, from Lucas Newsom, who's winning the Super Bowl? Green Bay Packers. Uh, next, from Cheesehead until I drop dead. Should we be worried about the Lions next week? I think more so than people are right now. Yes. 
yeah, it's not the same old Lions, which is Rogers' words, but also accurate. They've won what seven out of nine now, starting off the win over there in week nine. Yeah. They can score a lot of points. Goff's a damn good quarterback, as much as people don't want to give him credit for it. Monroe St. Brown's really good, but I mean they're they're not as good as the Vikings, right? If the, the Lions can do this to the Vikings, yeah, right. They're not. Well, the Lions dog walked the Vikings a couple weeks ago. I know, but that was at their place. This is this is going to be here. I I, I put my confidence meter as captain pessimism. I would put my confidence meter at eight, maybe even eight and a half. Do the Packers win? Yeah, some yeah. What, what do you got it on a one to ten scale? Uh, eight as well. You're pessimistic. If, I, if I'm eight and a half and you're eight, oh, I know. pessimistic now, buddy. From Art Vandelay, where did the defense find the nasty, and can they keep it up? Um, I don't know. I think just like winning a game gives them the belief. Hell, TJ Slayton, Wes Hodkowitz, our good buddy, had the stat, I believe. Uh, um, I'm seeing uh, the Jaguars Titans will be 8:15 Eastern on Saturday. Um, so that oh, means the Packers will play Sunday. Maybe it'll be on Sunday Night Football. We'll see. Anyway, I wonder if they put the Packers game and the Seahawks game both in the 325 window. It's possible. And then it would be Ravens or not right. Yeah. Bengals. God, no, I just looked up a minute ago too. Jeez. Well, it, it, it depends. So Bengals Ravens would be for the, the AFC, AFC North. North. But prime time. But. The Ravens just lost to the Steelers tonight, so they're ten and six. The Bengals play the Bills tomorrow night. Bengals are eleven and four. If the Bengals win that game, they win the AFC North, and the game against the Ravens does not matter for the AFC North title next week. Are they really going to make these teams wait until Monday night? I guess they're going to, right? They I guess should. They probably- Teams who play on, I don't know, they shouldn't. It affects schedules. Anyway, I understand, but um, interesting. Nasty, oh, uh, TJ Slayton. Unbelievable game. Ooh, I believe he had two PB. Like I, I was crediting West for this. He didn't have a PBU in his entire career until tonight. He had two tonight, one that led to Adrian Amos's interception. Nice game yeah. tonight. Kenny Clark had the strip sack and recovery. It was Slayton, don't forget, third third and goal at the one-yard line. He got a whole bunch of Delvin Cook's undershirt. Yeah. Jair and, I believe, Amos were there to take him down the rest of the way. Huge play. All right, so uh, Kansas City at Las Vegas is Saturday afternoon. Tennessee at Jacksonville, Saturday night. Okay, so the rest of the Week 18 schedule, including Game 272 on Sunday Night Football, will be announced during or immediately after Bills-Bengals on Monday Night Football. All right. That's a way to capture the uh, the viewership. Let's do one more question. Find a good one you we'll, like. We'll, we'll do two. Um, this is from Frozen Tundra STL. Will you match them and ever ice skate again? No. Well, maybe. Well, what happened there? I, I saw... I fell. I fell on my butt. I was racing uh, Kyle Malzahn around. Kyle uh, works for Channel 5 here, WFRV, and I was racing him around the rink. 
And uh, I was trying to avoid a little kid and just ate shit. Fell on my fell on my ass. Yeah, I terrible at ice skates. I don't I don't I don't do that. All right, last one. Um, I have, gosh, I'll check it. But there's there's a bunch of questions. Actually, people, people wondering, is this defense for real? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do too. And again, it's because the Vikings have all those weapons in the passing game, and yet they still stopped Delvin Cook to nine carries for 27 yards. And the bulk of the Vikings, 102 yards run Kirk Cousins scrambles. That they were able to take away a really good quarterback, a great receiver, a really good supporting cast, and still stop Delvin Cook. That's big time. It is real big time for all the miscommunications and the breakdowns and everything we've said about the, the Packers defense. Like I said, Joe Barry and co have really rounded into form and, and given this team a chance because the offense, what did they go two for 14 on third down last week? Yep. They've been bad in the red zone and goal to go. They were better today, I guess still left some things out there. Um, let's see what they go today. Twelve on third down, down, so that's better. Red zone two for three, goal to go two for three, so better today. But um, this defense has has really carried this team the last month. They've been tremendous. Granted, not against the greatest of offenses. The first two games, next two games, they've proven capable of of stopping some really high powered offenses. Can they do it for one more week against the Lions team that can put up points? We will see. I can't wait. Hopefully it's a Sunday night game. I love big games. You love big games. That was a big game. Next week's a big game. Here we are, Bill. We get to cover one more game that means something. And we'll have a podcast after that game, too. As always, we can't thank you enough for listening. Um, Head of the pack, your uh, listeners have been great all season. Maybe if the Packers win, we'll get a bonus episode for, not bonus, because, I mean, I guess it would be bonus. Bonus episode for the playoffs. Um, As always, thanks for all your questions. We'll catch you all next week.